This episode is sponsored by... Do you have a nagging sensation that something is not right? For example, a lack of flow or direction? Or are you overcommitted and burnt out? Then I highly recommend you read the book Within. Healing Through Sacred Feminine Archetypes, Awaken the Goddess Within by Courtney Hansen. Courtney covers the chakra centers and energy within each archetype and how to tap into this divine wisdom. This book calls us to rise up together as warriors, as wild women, as mothers, but most of all, it empowers you to be the best version of your authentic self. Don't take my word for it. Listen to this review. This book really stirred up my emotions and self-awareness. It will help you understand yourself more. It is so empowering and inspiring. From a busy mom's perspective, this is worth your time and every penny. If you wish to feel aligned with yourself and awaken the inner goddess within, then scroll up and click through to add to your Amazon cart today. She kind of looks at me funny and she goes, I love you. You're a great mom. And she goes, you're always here. And I was like, I'm just going to ugly cry right now. Asking yourself before you make decisions, we don't really allow ourselves to pause, right? We're always like, oh, I got to respond. Or you're thinking of your response while the other person's still talking instead of truly like holding space and hearing them. And what changed my life was being able to ask myself after any relationship with my, even with my husband, with my children, with anything I do, because I carry this wound and abandonment wounds so deeply, I would ask myself, are you answering from love or are you answering from fear? Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist podcast, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott. This is episode 106, How to Heal the Mother Wound and Set Boundaries with Toxic Family Members with Courtney Hansen. Just a reminder, this episode is for educational purposes only, and it is not a substitute for professional therapy. If you're enjoying this podcast, hit subscribe and rate and review this podcast. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I numbed myself to stop the pain and I reached out to friends for help, but it wasn't until I gained courage to leave and seek therapy that my dark abyss of hopelessness finally started to let in the light I was so longing for. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious or overwhelmed, today's sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. It allows you to talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. With a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network, it will give you access to help that you need that may not be available in your area. Finding a therapist is easy. You just fill out the questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with the therapist in under 48 hours. Everything you share is completely confidential. In therapy, I learned that I wasn't the selfish, lesser person my ex convinced me I was. In my therapy, I was able to get affirmation that I was truly being emotionally and sexually abused. That alone allowed me to release my trauma and grow into the strong coach and mentor that I am today. But I didn't just gain that alone in therapy. I gained my sense of self-autonomy back, my power back, and my confidence back. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. 
Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash empath. That's betterhelp.com forward slash E-M-P-A-T-H in the link in the show notes. Empaths, another beautiful guest today. I was on her podcast, The Sweetest Life, and she has a beautiful studio and just an amazing, incredible human being. She is Courtney Hansen. Courtney Hansen is a best-selling author, podcast host, yoga instructor, Reiki master, hypnotherapist, trauma somatics healer, and inspirational speaker. She helps women remember their soul's purpose and return home in their bodies. She is a wife, mother of three, a fur mom to three, and successful entrepreneur. Her journey through life is the framework that has led her to serve others. She has overcome pain and trauma that she has used as lessons and stepping stones to mold her into the woman she is today, helping others reach their goals physically, mentally, and spiritually. Let Courtney help you break through barriers, step into your purpose, and become the divine goddess you were destined to be. Her book that uh, you heard at the very beginning of this episode is called Within. It is a beautiful book definitely check it out. All the links to her and her book are in the show notes. So without further ado, let's get into the conversation. I had to heal the true mother wound and setting boundaries with toxic family members. This is unfortunately hitting home and I'll be respectful and not divulge too much of my personal (laughs) self, even though I've already threw a bomb in that relationship. So Thank you, Courtney, for being here. I'm so happy to be talking to you today. I am so excited to be here. I've been looking forward to this for a month. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so appreciative of your time and your wisdom and talking about this mother wound. So feel free to share your story and why the mother wound is such a passion topic for you. Yes, absolutely. So I was... Raised by a man, a very patriarchal man, very sexist, the whole nine yards. And my mom and him had a very volatile relationship. Well, as a child, you don't quite understand that. And you just realize that you're a part of these two people and they hate each other. And then my mom couldn't handle it. So she left. And the man that she left with was this Mormon. And my mom would switch religions with each marriage that she was in. Now she's been married and it started over and has a beautiful life. But at this time, she was very broken. And so she married this Mormon man and he molested me at the age of two. And my dad got full custody of me at two years old in the 80s, which was unheard of for a man to get custody of a child back then. Yeah. The courts would just throw it with the mom. So people were constantly asking growing up, like, why do you live with your dad? Where's your mom? Where's your mom? And as I grew up and got older, it was like I would see girls shopping, simple things like at the mall. And I would be there and I would just feel just in awe watching these girls open shoeboxes for homecoming with their moms. And I'm like, I'm never going to have that. And so I started rebelling and really trying to push my dad away because one, I was resentful as hell because he has his own sets of abuse and things. And really, he couldn't do it on his own. And after my grandmother passed away when I was 12, my whole world was rocked. I went from having some sort of stability and everything. And then we lived very lavishly on my grandmother's inheritance for a few years. And then it all went away. And I had nothing. 
And so in eighth grade, I decided, you know, I did the whole, I hate you. I want to live with my mom thing. I went there and I got a real dose of reality. My mom had this new life and this new daughter and I, I wasn't in it. And I have an older sister from another dad, a younger sister from another dad. And she was living this happily ever after. And I, I always knew that I wasn't the priority, even at a very young age. I was always kind of the burden, always the nuisance. And so I really took on this role of playing the victim. And I fell into this because it was the only place I could fit in. Um, And so I was defensive about everything. And I had these walls put up. Fast forward 20 years, I went through a huge dark night of the soul and um, tried to kill myself. I share my story very openly on my podcast and in my book Within. And during that time, my mom... (laughs) who had had an affair herself, who had done all the things that I was currently doing, instead of being there for me, was reaching out to my husband, telling my husband to divorce me and call CPS on me and take the kids away from me. And so I realized in that moment, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm done. I can't, I cannot keep doing this. I keep repeating cycles within my family and then playing the victim on like, oh, this is acceptable and sort of taking my power back. But so... I ended up telling her about two and a half years ago, you're never going to talk to me again. And unfortunately, I had to cut that cord and I haven't talked to her since. I don't know if I ever will talk to her again. I have forgiven her and I have to love her from a place of distance because it is such a toxic relationship. And I'm not sure that when you're dealing, and it was funny because when I first got on my healing path, I was like, oh, I'm an empath and I'm this. And then as I went to school, I realized like, no, you're just in major trauma response, right? (laughs) Yeah. And then I started seeing, because for me, you know, we hear the word narcissist and it's thrown around like candy, right? Everyone's narcissist. But when you're really dealing with a narcissist, you typically think of a man, right? You don't think of a woman. And so I kept hearing this and I started seeing all these things and hearing all these things. And I was like, oh my God. It makes sense. Like everything started to click for me. And I was like, I was responding to the behavior that I was being given as a child. And for so long, I carried all this blame of I'm not good enough. I'm not this. I, I keep messing up. I keep spiraling. I'm an alcoholic. I keep doing this. I keep doing that. And I'll never forget the day. Seriously, the day that changed my life is cheesy as that sound. I sat with my own trauma therapist. And I was like, I just sobbing. And I was, I was just at a place of brokenness and not knowing. Hey, empaths, no matter what age you are, you can have emotional freedom when you leave the narcissist. Though the road may be bumpy, you can liberate yourself from the narcissist's negative emotion cycle and create a positive life with this hidden truth they are not telling you. Learn the secret that thousands of others have that enables them to live in safety, have a place they belong, and know that they matter. This secret is how to leave the narcissist and stay out. You will gain the bliss of indifference, and you won't care about the narcissist anymore. I decoded the solutions to be free. I reveal the hidden gems that empowered me to transform from the meek, timid people-pleaser to a strong, powerful woman living a genuinely happy life, free from the narcissist's emotional undertow. I teach you how to do this as well in your own unique way in the workshop I created. I finally discovered this untapped secret, 
It's about damn time for you to love life, have fun, and be free to drop a towel on the floor every so often and leave it there. Here's why no one tells you this secret. You can get out and stay out with this work because it is personal journey and the formula is unique to you. This workshop that I've created guides you to find your own pathway out. It shows you how to rewrite the story of your life in your brain. And this workshop helps you do just that. It works because when it comes to the story of your life, let no one else hold the pen. I'm just a guide for you on your path. This workshop features how to overcome hoovering techniques, and it will allow you to gain the resolve to stop caring about what they say. In this workshop, you'll learn how to overcome emotional manipulation, stop paying attention to their new relationships that they start and flaunt all over social media. You will learn how to gain freedom financially so you can pursue the goals that you couldn't before because they said it was stupid. You're going to learn how to find safe housing so you and your child can live in safety and peace again. And you'll learn how to overcome the narcissist threats because if the narcissist is taking up your mind, you have not found ultimate freedom yet. This workshop also includes a downloadable workbook because journaling and having a curriculum is key for you not to become complacent about your freedom. It also includes a one hour and 13 minute long audio lesson. So you will have the power to stop enabling their bad behavior and block receiving their abuse. It also includes a seven practical steps for getting out and staying out. This will enable you to stop justifying their behaviors and excusing their abuse. Journal exercises so you can master keeping your emotions detached and out of the narcissist cyclone of influence. Plus, it includes bonus content valued at over $500. Claim your limited time offer at 20% off the workshop priced at $97 only. Now until November 11, 2022 at 11.11 p.m. So you can be free and win victory over the emotional war and leave the narcissist for good. Claim your offer at www.ravenscott.show forward slash shop. Not knowing what to do or how to do it. My kids were at those ages that at the time I didn't realize was my own molestation, was my own trauma when it started. And when they hit that age, I mm-hmm. and I didn't know how to feel it. But I didn't even know what was going on until she looked me dead in the eyes and she was like, uh, you're not broken. I'm not going to fix you. And she's like, you have literally been a victim of two narcissistic parents your entire life and being blamed for everything and then threatening to expose you when there's nothing to expose. And she goes, go fucking expose yourself. And I was like, well, one, my therapist dropped the F-bomb. Two, I can do that. And three, I'm safe. You know, and it was like yeah. this oh, moment for me. And I was like, oh. And she's like, you're the victim. She's like, stop playing the victim. And she's like, at any time, you can take your power back. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, yeah, I have been powerless. This is why I feel powerless. And I was like, I don't have to like, but I, I never knew that I had any power until that moment. 
Because when you're dealing with real narcissistic abuse, you truly do feel like you're just under the sun. You have no power. You have no control. You have no, you're just constantly reacting to everyone and everything. And it trickles in all areas of your and life. control you with fear. Like you said, you, you thought, oh, I can't expose them. I can't expose myself. Bad things will happen. And that's just their life, how they control you. Keep mm-hmm. you in their abuse grasp and not yes. let everyone else know that they're not perfect and that they're abusing you. Yeah. Yes. And it comes yeah. down to that fear-based thing. So as I went to school and as I studied more, I was like, oh, this motherhood wound affects my relationship with women in general. It affects my welcoming in sisterhood, me welcoming in new friends, me trusting people, me always having that guard up and never feeling able to be vulnerable. And so, you know, when I when I wrote within, it was like this powerful thing. And I ended up I was only to write a chapter on it. I ended up writing like five chapters relating to it because it just goes so deep. It does. And I also want to ask you. So you had said that your mother was also wounded and, you know, going through her stuff. So I, I want to point out that it's not just like, oh, we're awakened to it now. So it must have just started. Like this is a multi, multi-deep generational trauma. And oh, I hate to say they did their best. Maybe they were start, they weren't quite awakened. But to say the least, we can hold them accountable and have compassion for them at the same time. Do you agree? And, and can you talk on that? Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like we hold so much generational trauma in general already, like epigenetics in the womb. We are growing this trauma that we don't even realize is happening. So all the things that her mother and she, and I mean, a whole nother layer, time-lapse version, she's adopted. And what I found out later on, so her adopted mom is Croatian. We didn't yet. I had an influencer job for an ancestry DNA thing, so I took it. And I would, and she had always told me I'm half Italian and half French. So I was like, okay, I'm Italian. Like, not a like Italian in me. I'm Croatian. <laughs> my and my mom, adopted mom, went to Croatia for summers, and it was interesting because we, for some reason, me and my husband were driving um, to Tahoe, and something reminded me of my of my grandfather, who I didn't call my grandfather, her dad, mm-hmm. and. We never really had a relationship with him. Like when I was younger and we would go visit my grandmother, he wasn't there ever until he got Alzheimer's and they were living together again. Like, I don't even remember them living together. And I don't know if they were broken up. Like I was never told any of that. But what I realized, she did tell me the one story about him was that she was at a party with his daughters, who were her sisters, who she has no contact with. Mm-hmm. And he had introduced his daughters and then he had introduced my mom, Drina, his adopted daughter. And I was like, and my, my husband pointed out, he's like, how traumatic as a kid to like be pushed to the side like that. And then I realized, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm the, she has three children and I'm the one that's always pushed to the side. They had three children. She was pushed to the side. I didn't fit her mold. I'm the different one. I'm the black sheep, whatever you want to call it. And I was like, that's interesting. And then when I got the answer to DNA, I was like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. This goes back like generation upon generation of my ancestors and like I started really digging and healing that ancestral trauma and like it's amazing how much of that in our sacral we carry yeah so much and it is it is passed through the womb and it's also passed through like the subconscious mannerisms and speaking and how they talk about themselves and we pick up on all that and it makes me feel like 
I have such a huge responsibility to like heal all that. So my children have like zero of it, but I know that's not reality, but I, it, <laughs> it's just, as long as that's the, mo the motivation, I think that I'll definitely be doing a better part and breaking the ancestral patterns there. I know it was interesting the other two days ago, we were driving with my daughter and she's always wanted to be a mom. And she has that just mother archetype, right? And um, she goes, I'm going to be a better mom than you. And I was like, oh, you know, like <laughs> right away. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, gosh. But here's what I realized was that and I, so I, I had to check myself, right? So I took a deep breath and I was like, okay, why, why did that just trigger you? And I was like, how are you going to be a better mom than me? I want to hear. And she, she was like, you know, I'm going to give my kids candy. I was like, <laughs> and I was like, okay, and I, what else? And she was like, I'm going to let them have candy for breakfast. I'm going to let them be free. And she's like, and I was like, okay. And I was like, yeah, I mean, all we can do is continue each generation to be better mamas, right? That's how it works. And I was like, so you'll be a better mom than me and your kids will be a better mom than you. And then we're going to get it right in like four generations down the way. And she started, she kind of looked at me funny and she goes, I love you. You were a great mom. And she goes, you're always here. And I was like, just gonna ugly cry right now <laughs> you know? but it's just those little things that you know where we put so much pressure on ourselves when we have that motherhood wound to yeah. over exuberant and it, it, we have to be so careful because I've noticed a lot and I've seen a lot within myself and within my clients that a codependency can develop from us swinging too much on the other side of the pendulum we make our children responsible for our emotional needs that were never met by our parents and that is the slippery slope yeah, that then just creates another vicious cycle of now you're raising narcissists versus trying to yes, the problem. Hitting here. <laughs> we, we don't want victims, but we don't want to create perpetrators either. Yes. <laughs> Keep it balanced, people. Yeah. Loving boundaries from love. You still have to have boundaries. Yeah. Because, yeah, you feel so guilty or you feel like you have to do the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you have to develop strong humans. And sometimes that is still uncomfortable. But that doesn't mean that you're being a mean mom. Like, you, you know, may trigger within you because of your mother wound. But yeah. And I have to ask myself, too, often. I think this is huge. If you do carry the motherhood wound is that asking yourself before you make decisions, we don't really allow ourselves to pause. Right. We're always like, oh, I got to respond. Or you're thinking of your response while the other person's still talking instead of truly like holding space and hearing them. And what changed my life was being able to ask myself after any relationship with my even with my husband, with my children, with anything I do, because I carry this wound and abandonment wounds so deeply. I would ask myself, are you answering from love or are you answering from fear? And when I first started doing this, I nine times out of 10, I was answering from fear and I didn't even realize it, but I had to tap into that subconscious area. And the only way to do that is to pause and we don't give ourselves that space. Yeah, because we probably didn't have it as a child. Yeah, we paused, then off they went and we weren't ever heard or yeah, or the uncomfortable feelings just amplified. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it is really, really a difficult wound to heal. So how other ways did you start healing the mother wound? The mother wound for me was really big on somatics, which I did a ton of actually, because I didn't realize how much of it I held in my body. And so somatics was huge for me practicing. And there's so much, so many resources online for somatics with the motherhood wound, in particular the fatherhood wound too. 
Um, but really tapping into where in my body was I storing this? Because so often we want to first go to the head and the thoughts. And really when we're healing this deep of a trauma, it's physiological. And so to listen to our emotions and to listen to our body responses is such a practice within itself. And when I realized this and I was able to separate my thoughts from my emotions and be like, okay, this is triggering me. Where in my body am I triggered? Okay, I feel like I'm going to throw up. This is my solar plexus for sure. This is my confidence. This is all here. I need to really sit down. And it was like carving out time to do like solar plexus massage and like allowing myself to cry, which I mean, how often do we sit and be like, okay, I'm going to spend an hour crying. Like God's in my schedule, you know? <laughs> it's like that one uh, real or GIF audio was like, I'm just going to go. She was like telling her kids, I'm just going to go take like really good, like 15, 30 minute, really hard cry. And then I'll be back. And then I'll, whatever it was. I was like, yeah, that's it. do we ever say that? Never. We don't ever say that. <laughs> I know. And that's what we need. We need a space. We need a little space for our inner child who has been wounded. Yeah. And then it was a really another one that was huge for my own healing journey and what I've seen for other people is getting comfortable with really being uncomfortable with that void because that's what the motherhood wound is, right? It's a huge effing void that we have in our bodies. And it has to be filled somehow. Now we fill it with sex. We fill it with drugs. We fill it with alcohol. We fill it with all the wrong things, right? Shopping, whatever. It can be anything. We have to fill that void. We started uh, really analyzing, okay, this void is here. What can I fill this void with right now? Is it that I need to listen to a good podcast? Do I need to read a book? Do I need to sit and meditate just for five minutes? Do I need to take a bubble bath? But it was like these small acts of self-care to have that input, to fill that void with positive things. And sometimes, I mean, I when I first started my journey, it was really, I would put it for me, yoga would save my life. And so I would lay out my yoga mat and I couldn't move because I wasn't strong enough yet. And I wasn't teaching at the time. I was just really frail in general, mm -hmm. mentally. And I would just lay on my mat and just like lay and I would feel my body. I would feel my fingertips and more do like yoga nidra and like just tap into like feeling my body that I hadn't felt in so long. Because a lot of times you're like, yeah, I have a void. I don't know what it needs. Right. So we yeah. have to learn to listen first. I love that. Every time I've done yoga, it has been the most massaging and healing and like soul tapping experience mm -hmm. every single time. Yeah. But it, do it does like that light fills the need it for does. anything. I don't need a man afterwards. I don't need food afterwards. I don't need a mom or a dad or a sibling. Like, I'm good. I'm good. Let's just stay here all day. <laughs> yeah. And it was a way to like really love my body, you know, like, cause I hated my body. I hated everything about it. I was, you know, my, my parents used to make fun of me. They would say, you know, like simple things. Like I would walk into a room and that they do a lot of humor. Right. But it's, it's mocking. Yeah. And when I was younger, I was just acceptable. So they walk into a room and they would call me like low nipples and you know, all these things. And then I got a boob job like yeah. around the world because I had low nipples, you know, like so it was like all of these things that had been programmed into me to hate my body, to hate every, I had psoriasis. I had, you know, I, I was blind. I had all, my mom had to put butterflies on the slider. Like it was just all these things that I was constantly made fun of. Mm -hmm. When I really got deep into yoga, 
it taught me discipline because I had never had, I, I had either abusive discipline, which is very, very different, right? Control. And so then I went the other way of the pendulum again and went straight to rebelling, drinking, partying, going out all the time, having no rules, having no structure. I was like, Larry's kids, you're not going to have rules. They're going to be free. That doesn't work either. But, you know, <laughs> that was my mindset when I was younger because I was so like, wasn't allowed to do anything. And I was like, if you would just let me go to the pizza parlor, I wouldn't do anything or just go to the pizza parlor and come home. But like my dad would or mom would show up in a car like outside of the pizza parlor. You know, it was just like so much control that no one wanted to hang out with me. I had no friends. So my body, me, I was never safe. I was never liked. I was always rejected. And so that was one thing for me that yoga, it was so much more than just a workout. It was like discipline for the first time in my life and like truly having to learn my body's limits and what I liked and what I didn't like and learning what felt good in my own body. Yeah. And then sitting with it. Like you have to sit with stuff in yoga. And that was really uncomfortable for me at first. And it always comes back to that. And this seems to be this running theme during Mercury retrograde. It's like revisiting like so many of my guests and even things that I've been coming up with. It's like, you just have to be, you have to sit with the uncomfortableness. You have to sit in the mud in order for that transformation to happen. And it's yeah. okay. You know, that mud yeah. won't hurt you. Okay. It it will exfoliate your skin a little bit. It will feel amazing, yeah. Unless you hate the slimy feel, but then you just embrace it, and then you're like, wow. Then you clean off, and it feels so good. That's the same thing. You clean off all that emotional mud that you have to sit in. Then yeah. you're like, oh my god, this. Can I do more? Can I do more mud baths? Because this was amazing. Like, I got that back. out. I got this out. I got that out. I'm feeling better. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I'd love it. Yeah. So everyone, you just need to get comfortable with the uncomfortable and then you will embrace the uncomfortable. Yes. And welcome it. Yeah. It's, and you know, it's amazing now to me. I think this is so badass. I think it's so cool that now, you know, and it's funny, we don't notice it till we're in it. Right. I, I've had so many uncomfortable things happen, in the, you know, especially with this, this retrograde with six planets. Oh, it's kicking my ass. But this retrograde in specific, a lot of things have come up for me that I was like, I've dealt with that. And I'm like, oh, oh, that stings a little. That kind of hurt. And I, I really had to, like, an example, drive with my daughter. I had to, I, I'm able now to sit back and be like, all right, what do I, what do I need to work on here? Because there's something, this person's pissing me off. It's clearly mirroring to me something that I have not done yet. I need to sit with it. And before I would have never done that. I would have just been defensive, been reactive. And so it's magical to be like, oh, I like notice that this is like an ongoing journey the rest of my life now. Yeah. It's one okay layer at a time. <laughs> yeah. You know, no. And it's one layer at a time. Yeah. Yeah. And just that just popped like a really great analogy to me. Like when you're getting defensive because your ego's kicking in, that's really what, like when you're not holding space for yourself emotionally, it's kind of like a toddler throwing a tantrum emotionally. So us, you know, needing to be healed before we start healing is kind of a very similar vibration as where the narcissists are at, those who are on the spectrum, not the sociopaths and the horrible malignant ones. Um, but those who just are operating out of their own wounds and their own egos, and they're immediately defensive, 
you know? So you looking at them like they you are dealing right now with an emotional toddler. So no matter what age they are. So just mm-hmm. bearing that in mind, this is what an expected reaction you're going to get. Yeah. So if you can sit with yourself, then you can sit with them again, if depending on where your communication levels are with this person, then, you know, you can, you can either completely be comfortable with not reacting to them or holding space for them. Yeah. And I, I just got a huge download too. I, my, so when I was actively still, you know, trying to do the dance with both my parents, um, it was interesting because my oldest child, I actually had with a diagnosed sociopath. <laughs> and yeah, he went to the Marines and he got diagnosed with PTSD, very sick man. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't been in our life in a long time. He actually popped up this Mercury retrograde too. Um, first time in nine years. Yeah, fun. Wow. So, you know, it's a, I, I want to point out that if we don't do the inner work, we keep repeating the patterns with different people with the same behavior. So for me, it was my mom and dad, right? That was my starting point. And then it was like all these men that I would date were either, you know, like, you know, my child's father diagnosed by a psychiatrist, a sociopath. Um, and I, I want to point out to something because people who are sociopaths and they think like murder, it's actually just a lack of being able to feel any empathy for anyone or anything. So they don't, they can't, they're not incapable of feeling. Um, so you could be sitting there with, a slice for leaping to the ground crying and they would be like that's that's nice you know like they, they just can't yeah. so just point blank because I know that word gets you know a lot of the words it get does. kind of yeah. up a little bit you know um not and also with, to a pass our murderers but a murderer can be a sociopath right yes that, <laughs> that so it's interesting because if we don't do that inner work we keep repeating these same patterns over and over again with, with different people different places different things but we keep putting ourselves in that same emotional situation because that emotional situation of abandonment of rejection of all these things is safe to us because that is our safety as a child so when we have feeling actually really safe is a whole new dimension and uncomfortable and vulnerable. And you feel literally naked at first when you're around safe, healthy people. You're like, this isn't real. You're fake. You're the, you know, I remember talking when I first started attracting these amazing women in my life. I was like, no way, no way. Are you like, you are so fake. And then, and it took me probably a year of like surrounding myself with these people that really pulled out these triggers and these abandonments and they're like and I would notice I would like leave a coffee date I'd feel the need to text them right afterwards because I said too much or I overshared or something happened that made me feel like oh I shouldn't have said that I need to apologize and so I text and apologize and these women thank god still with me today in my tribe but would be like why are you saying sorry for I I don't know I just I felt really uncomfortable (laughs) revert revert (laughs) I'm glad I'm not the only one that's done that in the past it's like yeah you you like really enjoy it in the moment. And then because of your past wounds, you're like, oh, oh, shoot. Like that's going to come back and bite me in the butt. I better like apologize right away. Yeah. Yes. I said too much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're living. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, it's like you have to risk being vulnerable with new people and really tap into intuition to figure out, okay, are they healthy or not? And, you know, <laughs> you you already are are comfortable with the pattern of being stabbed in the back. So if it happens, okay, then that person's not to be had coffee with again. <laughs> yes. But... Forward. Oh, yeah. yeah, but it's like testing and 
experiencing life in new skin, in a new emotional skin, mm-hmm. and testing the waters. But And that's okay. That's just part of the experiment of life. Yeah, and that takes time. I feel a lot of times we want to put like a, a time frame on it. And it it's such an ongoing process when you have a wound that big. And when you really think back, this has gone on for thousands of years. So why do you think it's going to be fixed in three months? <laughs> Especially when you're the one choosing to be, like, you know, it's just when yeah. I really step out of it, bird's eye view and realize like, hey, okay, I can be a little more gentle with myself. I 100% agree with you. The bird's eye view has helped in so many aspects. <laughs> and so we're already experts at dissociation, right? Yeah. I feel like we can really use this as a superpower if we learn how to channel it correctly. Yes, yes. Use it as the advantage, not like you're the victim, bird's eye view. <laughs> the world is against you. Yes. <laughs> that goes back to that powerful statement that your therapist had mentioned to you is like, rise up, like take back your power, which I think is part of healing this mother womb is just being able to stop relying on someone outside of yourself to be your mother and remother your own self. Yeah. And I would like to share, if that's okay with your audience, the top three exercises that seriously changed my life, because one of the biggest things for me, and yes, a lot of people say, well, you resist, persist, all, all the things that are very true. But when something is so unhealthy for your own personal journey, there does come a time that you're not cutting people off and being resentful at them. You're cutting people off to have your own space and heal. And so for me, a lot of people are like, oh, that's going to come back to you. And they're going to cut you in another life. And and I hear this crap all the time. And I just want to point out, if someone is unhealthy and unwilling to work on themselves or see their part in it, it is perfectly okay to cut the cord and release them with forgiveness and be done like you you don't have to play the game you can change the dance and when they want to get help and when they want to come back that's fine that's great if you are in a space but there comes a time that you have to put yourself first and so three exercises because yes we could talk about forgiveness we could talk about taking your power back but what does that mean like how do we do that okay like that sounds great but (laughs) yeah that's in you know currently under the thumb, it's, it feels impossible. Mm-hmm. So three things that like changed my life with this is whoever the person is, whoever that you're struggling with the relationship with, whether it's a partner or a mother or a father, sibling, whoever it is, you write them a letter and you write, you start off with a fuck you letter. So you are like getting your emotions out and you don't feel yeah. bad about it either. It's like, fuck you forever. Be the fuck you for, you know, like angry, yeah. right? Like you're ripping the paper, you're pissed off, you're getting it out. And after that, you burn it, you release it. And then you write a real letter like you would write to them. Dear mom. I, I'm so hurt that you did this to me and da 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 da. I'm mad that you let your husband molest me too. I'm mad that I found out in my 30s about it. I'm mad that da 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 da. I'm mad that you lied my whole life. I'm mad, you know, and you go through and you write this letter. And then after the letter, and I, I walk through this in my book too uh, for details. And I think the first 30 pages is free on Kindle. So the exercise should be there like a letter example. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next one is you write a response letter from your parent. And this is where it gets tricky. So you write the letter. And then you respond as your parent, your sibling, your boyfriend, whoever it is, would respond to you. And when you respond to that letter, you have to dig deep. And it's like this level of compassion that you don't know is there. 
and you're like, oh gosh, I feel attacked by this letter. I'm, you know, da, 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 I would never do that. So you got to really like kind of embody the other person, which puts us in their shoes, right? Yeah. And the things that come up when we're able to, and by this third letter, you're, you should be able to be flowing through your subconscious mind if you're writing them back to back to back. So by this third letter, you can go back and you start to look at the age that your abuse started. What was the person who was the abuser? What was their life like? So for me, my mom had been through three marriages. She had been, she had cheated. She had been cheated on. She had been chased with a knife at her work. Someone had stolen her purse. Like all these traumatic events had happened back to back to back. She got pregnant at 19. She was adopted. She had this huge gaping father wound. And when I started really analyzing her life on things that I had never looked at, a part of me for eh, inkling of a second was like, oh shit, that's heavy. Like that's heavy. And then to bring three kids in the world, I would only be able to do one too. That's, that's a lot. Single mom working three jobs. Like that's, that's a lot. Yeah. And it, for a minute, it gave me the space to be like, I get it. Like you, my dad was abusive to you. You couldn't take it. You hated him. I can relate to that. I hate my oldest father. I, 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 and there we go. We, we empathize right there, right? Like we connected on something, although she has no idea we're connecting. <laughs> and so but I could make that core connection. And I was like, okay, I can feel that. I can feel that I couldn't be around that. And you had no choice because I, he had full custody of me. So you, the only way that you could possibly live with a child as a basic mom, you know, like you automatically have that love for a child, even if you're a narcissist, there's still a layer of love. It just comes off as very different. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it was, I was able to see why she had to cut that off with me emotionally as a parent, as a mother daughter connection because it would have killed her otherwise. Yeah. And so when I, able to understand that I was like oh and then I got older and it was like you a third oh no I guess that's 15 a 15 year old was born into your lap well I had the mother wound very clearly I had been raised by my dad I was exactly like my dad I triggered the shit up at my mom because I was exactly like him right yeah and so all of these things and these mannerisms started coming to me and I came to this space of like compassion and understanding not enabling the behavior or saying it's right but I was able to tap into this space of, okay, you know, you're still fucked up for what you did, but I get it. I understand it. I am able to forgive you because I understand it. I still, the fact that you're so like this, I can't have you in my life. I can't have you in my children's life, but I get it. And I release you with love, like full love. And like, I want you to live a good life. I want you to live your happily ever after because you never got that. And so for me, it was just this space of release and freedom with those three letters and it, it's such a simplistic practice but when you're in it i'm telling you what it can take oh, hours upon hours and when you're done you need a nap like you are exhausted you're done because your brain goes places that you didn't even know you could go that sounds so powerful and extremely healing and that's where it all can come from in a healthy way mm-hmm. is from love yeah any type of no contact it only works and is healthy for both parties and healing if it's coming from love versus yeah. hate. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing those. That's really very powerful. Yes, I hope it helps one person out yes. there listening. Yes, I know it's going to help a whole bunch of us out here listening. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney, this has been amazing. I really appreciate you and all your wisdom that you shared today and those exercises and for sharing your story so vulnerably. Thank you. 
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. I love talking to you every time. (laughs) And how can other, all of our listeners connect with you? Yeah, so I am on The Sweetest Little Life. It's my Instagram website, Facebook, all the things under The Sweetest Little Life. And then my book, Within, which has all of these healing modalities and much, much more, is wherever books are sold. Perfect. All right, all the links to all of those will be in the show notes as well, you guys. Make it nice and easy. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, rate and review. And you know, everything is spread through trust and by word of mouth. So if you feel like you have a friend or you come into contact with someone that is sharing with you some information that you feel this really could help, make sure that you share it. You can text it on over. You can share it to your stories on your socials. You can share it by word of mouth. You can share it by email. All the ways it is important to continue to spread this light and love out into the world to make sure we all have the tools to heal from our childhood wounds, from our trauma, so we can live our best and most evolved lives. And remember everyone, always keep your unique light shining. I didn't say that. You're too sensitive. No one will ever believe you. If these phrases are familiar, then you may be dealing with a narcissist. Then my book, Empath and the Narcissist, is for you. How to overcome narcissistic abuse and recover from PTSD, codependency, gaslighting, and manipulation. With 20 plus healing resources, guided meditations and exercises, with journal prompts for healing, including human design and astrology concepts, with a bonus, the four ways to set powerful boundaries workshop included inside, then you will definitely want to grab my book this season. As we approach the holiday season, I wish to support you with a free digital copy of my book. You can download it for free at ravenscott.show forward slash empath and the narcissist. If you wish to feel alive again and take back the power in your life, then scroll to the show notes and click over to grab your free digital PDF copy of my book today. And newsflash, you can listen to my book on Audible. Don't forget to follow and DM me on Instagram at ravenscottshow. Free gift to get your free how to draw powerful boundaries workshop. I'm here to support you. And with over 10 years of experience, I empower you to rise up and stop the cycle of abuse. Get your free unique souls blueprint map, your human design chart at ravenscott.show forward slash shop. See you next episode. Madvi is helping people release emotional baggage, breaking negative patterns, and finding the root causes with the emotion and body code. Visit www.madvi.ca. That's M-A-D-H-V-I dot C-A. I can personally attest that this is an amazing way to heal trauma out that you can't do with meditation and thought therapy and talk therapy and all the things. So. Reach out to her and get a free 30-minute consultation to see if this is something that can help you. Transform your childhood trauma into triumph during this free event. 
unlock Michael and our special guest's exact blueprints to not just survive in a trauma-filled world, but to transform trauma into triumph in your life, career and relationships, family and secure your future. Save your free seat while you still can. Click the link in the show notes to join the free transformation week starting December 13th through 17th. Michael is calling this Unbroken Con. Join him for this free transformational event. And until then, my friend, be unbroken. Unbroken.